Welcome to the discussion, Infrastructure Considerations in Your Missions AI Strategy, sponsored by Pure Storage and NVIDIA. Here's today's moderator, Jory Heckman. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Kurt Smith, Vice President and GPU Data Center Architect for Accelerated Compute Product Group at NVIDIA and Mike Weissman, Vice President of the Americas for Public Sector at Pure Storage. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for taking the time to be speaking with me here. A lot going on in the federal space when it comes to AI. And I think that's just a great way to frame the rest of the conversation going forward here. What types of problems do you see being solved with AI in the federal space? A big value proposition there. Let's hear more on that. Thank you, Jory. Yeah, I'm, I'm often asked what can be solved with AI as it relates to the federal space. And I think it comes down to two things. Um, AI automates or predicts. Uh, this is obviously going to drive many downstream applications. And in reality, the application of an organization's data is endless. So with each new insight producing opportunities to fuse additional data points into collective applications. With that said, I'm more interested in the modality of the data and having an end-to-end -end AI stack that can quickly abstract an organization's data and extract value from it. I think once you develop the data-driven pipeline that processes image data, for example, uh, it becomes a function of training the data and time. As an example, teaching an application to identify various forms of battle damage is not terribly different from identifying common types of corrosion found on maritime assets or in other harsh environments. The key thing to focus on is really around accelerating the time to insight through the development and training of acceleration. And that's where the GPUs and flash really shine and should be a part of any AI ready reference architecture. I guess I would add only that in terms of, in terms of the uh, the agencies and the uh, members of the branches that I've talked to, their excitement around AI often focuses on how it impacts the decision loops in in real time in terms of improving their ability to orient, identify, and classify the information in this multi-sensor fused data environment and to improve the signal to noise ratio for someone who needs to make a decision in real time. That is a hard problem. And in the tactical side, you know, it sounds really simple. Behind that though, it needs to be recognized in each of these organizations that they have a big um, AI model training task to undertake and that's gonna take a fair amount of compute, a lot of storage, fast networking, and, um, and a commitment from the organization to, you know, to drive through um, projects where they're experimenting, putting AI into their products, and creating a culture that believes in the power of large AI to solve these kinds of problems. Great, great. Well, I think we really hit on the key points in terms of, you know, the value prop, the value proposition, the opportunities for agencies in this AI space. I think to change gears here a little bit, I think it would be worthwhile to recognize the kinds of, you know, capital investments agencies would need to take to make this succeed. 
Uh, you know, Kurt, we'll stick with you for now and then we'll move back to Mike. When does it make sense for an organization to consider the expense of utilizing AI to solve a problem? So I think it comes down to when they've realized that they have problems that are in an area where you know, over the last few years we have seen the success of AI in terms of things like image classification, text and document processing, natural language processing, where AI, when it's um, being used to solve those types of problems or to create so systems that can process that kind of data, what we see is um, it can't be done you know, with normal um, algor algorithmic approaches. So if those are the problem spaces where um, the, basically the people in the field, the analysts, or whoever the users of the systems are, they need to be processing text, language, images, um, and then in joint all domain operations. Now we're adding in cyber, um, ISR with electro-optical, uh, perhaps you know, spectrum, radio, all of that fused and done in a way that can you know, be um, processed holistically, then they need to consider an investment in AI infrastructure. Got it. And Mike, over to you. Any thoughts there on that space? Again, as it relates back to you know, the expense, it really depends. Uh, I don't think every problem will benefit from leveraging AI. Um, sometimes the economics may not make sense. Um, in the end, I think having a robust organizational data strategy is probably the most key item to focus on. You have to have a data-centric organization from a cultural perspective that wants to repeatedly extract value from that data. Uh, so people play a, a huge part in this. So the, the people process, the platforms and tools need to be aligned in the pursuit of gaining value from that data. I think the good news here from an economics perspective is that the cost associated with the hardware and software required to make AI initiatives successful has decreased. So that coupled with the fact that obviously AI functions 24 seven and combined with the availability of affordable GPUs and flash storage, it's made a, a viable option in lieu of staffing for those activities. Most AI initiatives are focused on the need to accelerate time to insight and reducing the cost of curiosity. And I think that that really plays well in this environment, as Kurt mentioned, you know, as the infrastructure is in place. And, and uh, uh, once you build out an agile infrastructure and cultivate the access to the organization's data, you'll be able to develop intelligent applications and augment intelligence and optimize the business processes. Building out the computer vision and workflow to identify the markings on tactical vehicles is not all that different from building a workflow to identify a shipping container or rail card markings at a freight terminal. Both are utilizing optical character recognition and natural language processing. What changes is the massive amounts of unique training data required. The infrastructure, know-how models, and algorithms generally stay the same. Jordy, I think the short answer is anytime the agency has significant amounts of data and wide-reaching problem statements, they should review their data strategy and find a repeatable process that they can benefit from uh, through an automated and predictive workflow powered by AI. Got it. Thanks for that, Mike. And, you know, I want to keep going on this 
thread here and pull it a little bit more. Uh, can you talk more about the importance of having sufficient compute resources? That's going to be huge to enable this AI in agencies, both in terms of CPUs and GPUs in AI workloads. Uh, Mike, we can stay with you if you'd like. I, I think this is a complimentary conversation. Um, they work great by themselves, but better together. So it's a, a better together scenario. Uh, when we think about the massive amounts of computational workloads that go into the training of production AI, we're thankful for the game-changing parallel compute power of NVIDIA GPUs as an example. That said, GPUs need data to process. If you're not feeding the GPU at the high end of its processing power, you're slowing down your AI project and devaluing the GPU. Both lead to losses in time and a loss in your return on investment. Having a unified fast file and object strategy to keep the GPUs fed is critical. And this is where flash shines. There are other benefits of flash storage centered around high-speed ingest of sensor, IoT, and other third-party data that needs to be considered. But the goal is to have the design and deployment to be most agile and resilient GPU and flash architecture enable the AI uh, development with a reasonable and productive timeline for the organization. In the end, data changes rapidly. You need to have an architecture that's going to abstract the data before it's outdated. Data changes rapidly. You need to have an architecture that can abstract the data before it's outdated. I'd send it over to, to Kurt for some more commentary on that, but I think the combination of the high throughput and the addition of large capacity really equals uh, a, great, a great combination for flash storage for maximum efficiencies. So one of the things we've seen in uh, you know, the last few years has been a roughly doubling of the complexity of large AI models you know, every few months. And so what that has been driving is um, the number of GPUs that are needed to train a model in a reasonable amount of time. So if you look at some of the latest language models, um, it's not uncommon to see a, um, a cluster size of over 10,000 GPUs in a single cluster to train a large language model. Those are the, that's, that's the state of the art. And then you have the same associated rise in the amount of data that's required in order to you know, put together a large corpus of, of language in order to train on. So you know, we're seeing this kind of exponential explosion in the amount of compute and storage needed to be at the state of the art for, um, for many of the model types. So that's, where, that's kind of where I would add. All right, great. Thanks for that, Kurt. And uh, you know, I think to keep going down on this architecture piece, um, you know, it's huge to any kind of AI success and any kind of agency here. But you know, looking through the eyes of agency data scientists, how should they be concerned about things like AI pod architectures? Really, you know, getting to that hardware and software stack. You know, what should they know and what should they be considered? What should they, they be concerned about in terms of all of that as it involves an AI strategy to solve a problem? The data scientists play a huge role in this. So the role of the data scientist is to define the process that's going to create the AI that performs with a high degree of accuracy and confidence. But in order to have a, a computer system to actually execute the tasks, 
there's a data science model that would, must be developed, which requires programming so that the computer can learn what to do. We call these deep learning algorithms. Developing production grade AI is a challenging process with several nuances. You have to incorporate data strategy and data engineering, dev and testing. You have to incorporate data strategy, data engineering, development and testing, deployment and sustainment into a well thought out initiative. Not considering AI infrastructure through this process introduces risk and could derail or delay a project. So leveraging a scalable, resilient, agile and agnostic AI pod architecture helps to mitigate false starts. You need to have an easy to use turnkey AI technical stack, which will allow data practitioners to focus on the data and the problem statement and ultimately reduce the cost of curiosity and accelerating the time to insight for the organization, which really comes down to more science and less administration. The basis for these learning models are large neural networks composed of many computational layers, hence the term deep. This allows deep learning algorithms to solve complex problems on diverse unstructured data sets. The more a deep learning algorithm learns, the better it performs. Well, Mike, thanks for that. I think we're going to have to get to the deep learning part of the conversation after the break here. My guests today are Kurt Smith, the Vice President and GPU Data Center Architect for Accelerated Compute Products Group at NVIDIA, and Mike Weissman, the Vice President of Americas for Public Sector at Pure Storage. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman, on the discussion, Infrastructure Considerations in Your Missions AI Strategy, sponsored by Pure Storage and NVIDIA on Federal News Network. Here's Walter Makish, Vice President of Federal at Pure Storage. For the second year in a row, the Gartner Magic Quadrant for primary storage arrays positions Pure Storage highest on ability to execute and farthest right on completeness of vision. It is all about managing the data. Pure is dedicated to transforming the complexities of government IT by delivering a modern data experience. Check out the Gartner Report and learn how Pure can help your agency reach its data potential at purestorage.com government. That's purestorage.com slash government. Welcome back to the discussion, Infrastructure Considerations in Your Missions AI Strategy, sponsored by Pure Storage and NVIDIA on Federal News Network. My guests today are Kurt Smith, the Vice President and GPU Data Center Architect in the Accelerated Compute Product Group at NVIDIA, and Mike Weissman, the Vice President of the Americas and Public Sector at Pure Storage. And Kurt, I wanted to get your thoughts on something that we left at the break here is just considerations for data scientists and really what they are going through at this juncture. You know, what kind of considerations should we be mindful of as we go forward with uh, this AI uh, journey? Before the break, I thought Mike did a great job of explaining the the role, the strategy, um, what the, how the how the tech stack fits into the data science team. Um, the only thing I would might might add is that I think one piece is, you know, at the heart of science, and at that heart of science is experimentation and testing. So, as it relates to the data science and how they fit into the overall larger organization, it really mean it means to me that integrating AI into the product design early in the design cycle is important. Um, and then incorporating user feedback and usability testing of those features um, as you go from concept to design and into the production. Um, 
and then to have feedback loops where you as you get the feedback from the users or however the model is working or not working that they're able to um, be integrated into the overall flow of building the products Okay, great, great. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, I think we're just going to keep on moving along here, uh, getting back on that deep learning uh, track here. When we think about AI, what excites you about deep learning application? Uh, Mike, we can turn it back to you if you'd like. Thank you, Jory. Yeah, uh, deep learning is machine learning technique that leverages an algorithm to perform classifications directly from unstructured data which include images, text, or sounds. Uh, deep learning requires large amounts of expansive unstructured data sets, as well as significant amounts of computing power to deliver timely and accurate results. All of this equates to the need for a lot of storage capacity, which obviously excites me. I think uh, a lot about the, the deep learning, I'm, I'm really thinking about uh, vast amounts of unstructured data that is being used to solve some very interesting problem statements within the federal space. Once you have the infrastructure in place and the skills to leverage it, it becomes a function of data acquisition, curation, and abstraction in support of data science and the pipeline. You need a workflow that can handle large amounts of data, move it, process it, and service it quickly. So as an example, imagine millions of satellite images required to develop a national intelligence application that accelerates decision-making cap capabilities for forward deployed warfighters as an example. Um, another example that we see in the local space. So my son's actually a firefighter and an engineer for CAL FIRE. So as a first responder driving to a call, think of building out an application to route optimization for first responders. So coordinating efforts with utility services in support of disasters like the forest fires we've had out here in the West, or an extreme flooding application for obviously flooding that, we, that happens in the Gulf Coast every hurricane season. Both of these applications require massive amounts of unstructured data to train and develop a production grade AI. What interests me is how we create an easy to use and end-to-end -end infrastructure that can quickly process this data and produce a meaningful outcome that helps save lives at home and abroad. For us, it's about accelerating and development of augmented intelligence and data fusion capabilities for public sector organizations. All right, great. Thanks for that, Mike. And Kurt, any, any thoughts there on this space? You know, I, in terms of what excites me about the deep learning applications is, I think it's that human augmentation piece that Mike talked about. I mean, there's, we live in this environment, you know, for example, I love his example about um, a firefighter going to a call, the routing optimization, the communication necessary to get um, first responders to the right place, the data that's coming in, is massive in its complexity and it's all happening very fast. What I think of as one of the most exciting areas about deep learning applications is that they are able to process the data that they've already been trained. These models have been trained in the past based on what's happened in the past and they can process that complex data environment and help direct the resources to exactly the right place in as fast a way as possible. For me, it feels to me like we're on this era 
we're, we're marching towards an era where the, the AI that we have augments the human mind in a way to uh, make better decisions a lot more quickly. Um, and that's an exciting time to be in. Excellent, excellent. And I just want to underscore some of those points there. Just the the end user augmentation of, of data, being able being able to have that data at their fingertips and really, you know, empower those end users to do more and see more in real time. You know, I think that's huge. And I think something that we should probably also underscore, Kurt, just keep going with your your thoughts here is just the idea of, you know, a human in the loop in all these decisions, just, you know, not just being an endpoint in all this, but part of the overall loop of, of what's being, what's being done here. I mean, one of the common phrases you hear in um, public sector in certainly military agencies, the OODA loop, um, you know, observe, orient, decide, you know, act. And where I think the AI makes such a huge impact is, is in the orientation, identification, classification phase, so that where the human sits, I don't say, you know, it's going to be a long time before we don't have any humans anywhere in the loop because we don't have that kind of AI. We wouldn't trust it from probably an ethics point of view for a very long time either. So there's going to be a human around. And in today's complex, multi-layered, fusioned sensor environment, uh, if you look at what uh, is going on today, people, there's people looking at five different computer screens and trying to synthesize in their own minds what's, what is the right next step to take. What we can do for that person who needs to make um, critical decisions is we can reduce the signal, we can increase the signal to noise ratio, provide them the relevant information they need to make the best decision right now. And that would be the same, whether it be a warfighter or a first responder in, um, you know, in fighting a fire. And kind of going back to what the bulk of our conversation to here today was about is that model that we're looking at that we're that we're making decisions when it's inferencing, in order for it to be that smart, it needs to have all that infrastructure back in the data center for the storage, the networking, and the compute in order to be able to train up these really large models that then get um, the real-time data and make the right decision. That's, that's, the, that's the exciting part. That's the part that I think makes um, the world a safer place, uh, across all of the public sector and all of the missions that um, I know that Mike and I work with on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, and I think, you know, to underscore another big takeaway in all of this is, it's you know, an IT is an IT problem. It's a data problem. It's a people problem. And you really have to have all those synced up to really move the needle on this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'll throw it out to whoever wants to maybe expound on that a little bit more, but in terms of that, that change management, that is, that is itself a, a tall order. Uh, you know, Kurt, you know, I, I hear you, you know, kind of nodding along here. Yeah. Is there, is there anything you want to expound on there? Um well, I mean, I think I see four pieces to what we're trying to do. I think 
what I call this is I call this is creating the the AI centric enterprise, building that. If if you want to turn, if you want to you know take advantage of AI, I think you need to change how you have your mindset and your culture, and you need to think of yourself as building an AI enterprise. And you're right, part of it is IT. You need the infrastructure to support the life cycle of this type of digital work, a platform for the accelerated compute to train the large AI models, um, the fast storage, um, and then good, good networking to make that happen. Um, the teams need to have a commitment to training the workforce on this new way of thinking about data and different types of models and neural networks. Um, the organization needs to use data science everywhere across all of the company. They also need to know the limitations, the need for more data, for more accurate data, explainability, knowing how the AI makes the decisions. And then I mentioned that other, the heart of science, culture of experimentation, where you get the feet put the feed features in early and incorporate user feedback. And then finally, the fourth piece is you need the leadership vision. Um, the top of the organization needs to believe in the power of AI to transform the experience of the people that are executing the missions. Um, those are the, you know, so infrastructure, basically data everywhere, experimentation, vision. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for that, Kurt. And, you know, Mike, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. This is, of course, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of ground that we're covering here. But as far as takeaways that our audience should have from this conversation, is there anything you want to foot stomp? Is there anything you want to highlight in terms of, you know, the, you know, pillars, as Kurt put it, uh, in terms of what agencies should keep in mind in terms of AI going forward? Uh, as mentioned earlier, I think it, it comes down to obviously um, building a culture around leveraging the data in, in place. Um, and for us, really accelerating the time to insight and reducing that cost of curiosity. Um, we understand that it, it's really about our customer's customer in the end and, and how we can leave uh, keep the, the folks in the field um, safe and, uh, and help them to execute their mission. All right. Very good. Thank you for that, Mike. And Kurt, you did a, a, a masterful job of kind of hitting those pillars in your last response, but I'll give you an opportunity to uh, add any other closing sentiments if you'd like. No, just thanks to to you uh, and to Mike for the opportunity to you know be part of a, of a conversation on these topics. These are ones that are near and dear to my heart. All right. Very good. Well, well, thank you to the both of you for uh, taking the time to outline all these uh, key considerations for agencies. Uh, my guests again today are Kurt Smith, the Vice President and GPU Data Center Architect in the Accelerated Compute Product Group at NVIDIA, and Mike Weissman, the Vice President of the Americas and Public Sector at Pure Storage. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman, on the discussion, Infrastructure Considerations in Your Missions AI Strategy, sponsored by Pure Storage and NVIDIA on Federal News Network. Thank you for listening to the discussion, Infrastructure Considerations and Your Missions AI Strategy, sponsored by Pure Storage and NVIDIA on Federal News Network. Here's Walter Makish, Vice President of Federal at Pure Storage. For the second year in a row, the Gartner Magic Quadrant for primary storage arrays positions Pure Storage highest on ability to execute and farthest right on completeness of vision. 
It is all about managing the data. Pure is dedicated to transforming the complexities of government IT by delivering a modern data experience. Check out the Gartner Report and learn how Pure can help your agency reach its data potential at purestorage.com government. That's purestorage.com government. 